welcome to another edition of the First and Orange podcast from the Denver Post, bringing you all your Broncos news and analysis as the team heads into its training camp uh, in Dove Valley here shortly. Uh, taking another look at a position-by-position breakdown, this time with the defense. Uh, we've got Ryan O'Halloran here in studio. I'm Kyle Fredrickson. Uh, let's dive right into it, Ryan. Defensively, this was a once-proud unit, Super Bowl-leading uh, Von Miller Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, not the same team, not the same defense, but what do you think fans can kind of expect from this unit, looking at kind of a broad view of, of what they've brought in, what they've lost, and, and maybe what it means? They still should be good against the run, but if you're a Bronco fan, you should be excited about the pass rush. You have Von Miller, who's on his way to being an all-time great. You have Bradley Chubb, who might have been the first best player on some team's boards and fell to them at fifth. You have a healthy Shane Ray, knock on wood. You have Shaq Barrett in a contract year. He's going to be motivated. So I think with a pass rush, it will be better. They have to be better in the red zone. They were 23rd last year. And they have to be able to handle sudden change better. When the, the offense is going to turn it over, that's life. Don't allow a long drive. Don't allow points. You know, rise up yourself. So, you know, no Aqib Tlaib, but... You know, the standard remains the same. Um, they feel like they can be a top five defense, and I think they can be a top ten, a top ten defense. Right. And so you mentioned the strength of it being that pass rush and, and what they have up front. So maybe let's start with the defensive line. We'll, we'll, we'll go there first. Um, here's a, a unit that has some, some veteran presence on it, um, maybe isn't as talented as it's been in years past, but, but what do you make of this group? Well, I don't think there's going to be a lot of competition on the defensive line to make the team where the decision will come in who's going to be active on game day. Um, you know, Godstis, Harris, Kerr, McDonald, Pecco, Walker, Wolf, Ike are all pretty much locks to make the team if they're healthy. You know, Pecco is the longest tenured player, 13-year player in this league. He's the oldest guy on the roster, two-down player. Clint McDonald, shoulder surgery, did not practice during the offseason. See how fast he gets up to speed. First time playing in a 3-4. That's a big deal. He's going to face different kind of blocks, different kind of alignments. If you look at all these guys, though, two guys I'll point out, Derek Wolf, neck surgery, he feels that that fixed his problem he was playing with for a long time. Second guy is Demarcus Walker. They, had to, they tried him out of necessity at linebacker last year. It did not work. He lost all that weight, went back to defensive end, couldn't gain it back. He's up to 280, he says. He's a guy I think that can be – a rotational guy on early downs and then on third down can be a part of their nickel package maybe even as an interior rusher or as a defensive end opposite of Bradley Chubb so I think they should like the pieces they have but also they should be they have depth because some of these guys do have some injury histories right and as we take a step back you, you mentioned a couple of these linebackers who appear are going to be some big names this year obviously you know the Von Miller uh, Shane Ray is, is coming back and it looks like he's not going to have to have that wrist surgery uh, and then you bring in the number five overall pick in a Bradley Chubb one of the best linebacking groups in the NFL. Does that go without saying? Do we need to see Bradley Chubb perform? Yeah, that and, you know, I, if you look at three, four teams, you would stack them up pretty well. Let's start inside. Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis. You know, Marshall's going to not leave the field. He's an every-down guy. But he's lost a lot of weight. How light is too much, if that makes any sense? Right. right. I, mean, I covered a guy in Jacksonville, Telvin Smith, who's a weak-side linebacker. Had been able to put on weight, 220, but he's a run and hit guy. Brandon Marshall plays inside on those base downs. He was down, he said, around the 230s. 
to me, that's something to watch because when, when, when the season starts, guys drop weight right. because of the grind. So that's something to monitor. I think it's going to help him in nickel, but let's see what it does in base down. And then outside, we mentioned these guys earlier. You know, Miller, definitely a starter, obviously, every down guy. The Chubb-Ray thing is going to be interesting. How does Bradley Chubb's transition to the linebacker and actually moving backward in coverage and have some mm-hmm. of those principles, which he's never done? How does he grasp that? Or do they wean him in a little bit and say, hey, you're going to play in some in linebacker, but for at least initially, you're going to be a pass rushing specialist. But you got to get him ready because Shane Ray hasn't proven he can stay healthy lately. Um, If he's healthy, that gives them an option. Third down is where they should really make their hay. If they can get into some third and passing situations, they can unleash a very good pass rush plus Shaq Barrett. Jeff Holland is an undrafted guy. I have him making the team because you have to prepare for the future. Barrett's a free agent. Right. Ray's a free agent. I think if Jeff Holland goes through waivers, somebody will pick him up, so I think they got to keep him on the team. With Bradley Chubb, um, is it easy enough to say that if he does this, it will be considered a successful rookie year in your mind? Um, I think so. If he can get at least eight sacks, that should be a good starting point. Yeah. Um, if he gets five sacks, then he's in line with the rest of the rookies who've uh, been top picks in this league. You know, Khalil Mack didn't have great numbers his rookie year. I thought he was going to be a bust, but that's a <laughs> podcast for Raider Week. Um, so I think expectations for Chubb on an every-down basis should be tempered because he is a rookie playing a new spot. But when he gets to the defensive end at three-point stance, the expectations should be high. Yeah, for sure. And so moving further back into that defensive backfield, uh, looking at some of these corners, Aqib Talib is gone. That's been a storyline that we've seen for a long time uh, to the point where Bradley Roby even has come out and said, hey, no more Talib questions. We're, we're, we're done with that. Well, let's let's, let's hang on Talib well, just for a little bit longer. One last time. Good luck time. with that, Bradley. Yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, the loss of Talib. Here's a guy who is such a vocal, emotional leader in the locker room that I think sometimes probably played as a negative as much as a positive, especially later in his Denver tenure with how things went last season. So you lose that type of player in your locker room. You've covered the NFL. You've seen you know big-time defensive backs come and go. What, what is that void like? What, what is it going to take to sort of make that not be an issue for the Broncos this year? Well... Two things is they're going to need other guys to step up vocally. Chris Harris, I think Justin Simmons is a future vocal leader, if not already there. And then Tlaib leaves a gaping hole on the field. Is Bradley Roby ready for every down duty? He's a free agent after the year. Huge opportunity for him to move into that starting lineup. You know, Chris Harris will move inside, cover the slot and nickel. Is it Tremaine Brock? Is it Brandon Langley? Is it Isaac Yadam? I think I'm pronouncing that right. I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... The Talib thing, the Talib ripple effect is depth. You can always count on Chris Harris and Akeem Talib be out there. Bradley Ruby be your nickel playing outside. It just gives an opportunity for more guys. They need Bradley Ruby to work out on an every down basis. If not, then you move Tremaine Brock, a journeyman, into the starting lineup. Then you move Isaac Yadam, a rookie, into the nickel. Now you're playing uphill. So I think you know what you're going to get from Chris Harris. You sort of know what you're going to get from Tremaine Brock if you don't ask him to play every snap. That means Bradley Roby's a key for the corners. Right, and when we look at safeties, um, a guy that, that you mentioned already stepping up as a leader and something we've seen, uh, being Justin Simmons, uh, they bring in a guy like Sua Cravens, that uh, they have other turners and Darian Stewart. At safety, um, how set are they for the future? seems like they've got some young guys they're pretty high on. Yeah, and you know, Cravens is an interesting guy because he did not play last year. 
Did he leave the Redskins because he hated football or was he hurt late? You know, did he have the symptoms later? A lot of, you know, non-answers there. Okay, let's forget about for that second for a second. He could be a dime safety. Remember this Bronco team, they go from base to dime. They hardly play any nickel, which makes them pretty rare in this league. They go six defensive backs in their bit in their sub package. He can play that TJ Ward role, safety close to the line of scrimmage. So it'd be him, Stewart, and Simmons on the field at the same time. And that would allow the Broncos to play three corners instead of four. Justin Simmons, Marcus Robinson, the secondary coach, thinks he can be a double-digit takeaway guy, interceptions, fumbles, and fumble, force fumbles. That's a high that's a high uh, standard. And then Darian Stewart, you know, just you know, sort of know what you're going to get there. So I think the safety position, if you keep uh, five corners and four safeties, that four safety position, you know, is it, uh, you know, Will Parks or Jordan Moore, Jamal Carter, guys who were here last year. Well, some of those guys aren't going to be here this year. Right. And so we, you know, the with this defense, the big storyline um, we mentioned several times now, is the no-fly zone here? Is it, is it gone forever? Well, you got a guy in Joe Woods, at defensive coordinator, who knows what this defense was like when it's at its peak. He enters his mm-hmm. second year in that role with Vance Joseph, I think, really kind of growing, trying to figure out how to, you know, fully manage these guys. Just in your conversation with players, or even with Joe Woods, how do you think he settled into that role? Well, you know, Joe said during the offseason that he he understands more of the Florida ceiling defense. He was a secondary coach his whole career. You're not really involved in a lot of the pressures. Uh, so that's one thing he pointed out. He says a better understanding, maybe when the call blitz, when they drop a new pressure. So I think that will help. And you know, being a second-year coordinator, you know, you will never see me refer to them as the no-fly zone. <laughs> that will not appear in my copy. Uh, they're going to be the Broncos secondary. That said, I think they have a chance to live up to the standard they've set right. while winning a championship. Different guys, but I think it can have the same kind of results. For sure, and that's what Broncos fans want to hear because they remember when this team was was at the top and, and how dominant this defense was. And when you have a first-year quarterback like Case Keenum, give that guy any help that, that, that he can get, yeah. right? Yeah, and I, I talked to a, a defensive assistant coach in this league who, whose team played the uh, Vikings last year, so Face Keenum. And I said, I said give, tell me about Case. And he said he likes him because – Minnesota's defense was one of the top in the league last year. So it, it didn't so much protect Case Keenum, but he didn't go in every game saying, I have to win it. Right. So he thinks Keenum and the Broncos, because of Denver's defense, is a pretty good setup. And I would agree that they don't have to score 40 points a game. This defense should be pretty, uh, should be stout, create some turnovers. That's the thing. Create some takeaways, give this offense some short fields so you're not playing uphill and you're not chasing the game on a weekly basis. Right. Should be fascinating to watch unfold as, as training camp starts and we, we see these guys in pads, we see them start to hit and, and then we can really evaluate what they might be um, as the season comes around. So with that, we'll wrap up this edition of the First and Orange podcast from the Denver Post. Uh, your go-to source for all things Broncos news and analysis on your airwaves. Uh, so we appreciate you guys tuning in and and come back next time.